It's a new year, but not a bright new start for markets as problems in the Middle Kingdom, fluctuating oil prices and tensions between Iran and Saudi are sending markets into a spin. With me to discuss is Simon French, chief economist for Pamela Gordon. Simon, markets go up and down, so how much should policymakers look towards volatility as indicators of future prospects? Central bankers, who really are the principal policymakers for, for market participants, have been guiding to look through current low oil prices and the deflationary impact that has had. And similarly, I'd expect them in the coming months for the, both the Fed the BOJ, the ECB, the Bank of England, all to guide towards looking through market volatility as a symbol of a kind of a repricing of risk, which actually is healthy at this stage of a bull market. And what you wouldn't be wanting is the scenario we had with Janet Yellen last year, where she was saying, actually, there's insufficient volatility in the market. Investors are too complacent. So for my money right now, we're seeing the kind of healthy levels of volatility you'd hope for at this stage. So what can markets tell us exactly and what are they telling us today? So markets are indicating that there are worries not only about growth in China, but the amount of foreign denominated debt that has been taken out by the Chinese corporate sector. And the worries are based upon the doubts over the quality of that debt. What you are worried about if you are an uber bear at this, uh, this stage of 2016 is that the Chinese corporate debt burden, which is three to four billion US dollars, it has insufficient transparency over it. And that has echoes of credit default swaps, subprime mortgages leading up to the financial crisis, where we knew what the assets were, but we didn't know who held the liability when some of the quality of those assets was lower than markets had anticipated. So for me, markets are signaling that that part of the Chinese economy is weak, is susceptible to downgrades, and actually therefore market participants are taking a more risk-off approach. But do you think China is the trigger for global economic meltdown that some people are making it out to be? No, I don't think so. And, I, and I've been record, on records for a couple of quarters now saying that there is a big policy arsenal the Chinese authorities have to effectively throw at a, a th slowing Chinese economy. We've seen interest rate cuts, cuts to the reserve requirement ratio, fiscal balance sheet of the Chinese economy growing now by 29% year on year. That's a classic Keynesian expansion, the kind of thing you would hope for from a government uh, facing a downturn. You've also now got the weakening of the renminbi, which is all designed to improve the terms of trade that Chinese exporters have to face. And all the while, the Chinese economy is trying to rebalance away from its traditional strengths of manufacturing and, and investment and towards a consumption-based economy. It's a difficult balancing act, but for me it doesn't precipitate a massive decline in, in global equities and glo in the global economy. Well, in fact, people are quite negative, but it's not all doom and gloom. In fact, recently we've seen that China's manufacturing sector has picked up in December, and that's said because of the weakened yuan. And in fact, in worldwide, we're looking towards America, and then unemployment figures are quite low. In the UK, rates aren't probably going to rise till the end of the year. So it's not really that bad, is it? Well, you make some really good points, and that is at times like this, it's very easy to focus on the bad news and actually discount the good news. And you mentioned the US jobs market, 
unprecedented levels of uh, employment over there. Yes, there are a few worries over the participation rate, but if you look at the unemployment rate, you look at wages starting to pick up, you're looking at also across the Eurozone, the impact of quantitative easing, the impact of a lower oil price. I've described a lower oil price globally as being a squally tailwind. It's not a, it's not a consistent tailwind to growth. It won't affect all sectors. There will be parts, notably the capital goods sector and obviously the direct plays on oil and gas, which will struggle. But for the consumer, for the retailer, and specifically for the household, this means lower energy costs. This tends to be positive for global GDP growth. And I expect that to come more to the fore later in 2016 as we get more transparency in China. And we recognize that the, what remains the big growth engine for the world economy, or by size, the US economy, remains in fairly rude health. So overall, I know you said that people do tend to focus on the negative, but markets aren't looking great. How concerned should we be about a potential future slowdown? The thing that investors need to be really mindful of in, in 2016 is, is earnings growth. Earnings growth has been very, very disappointing across a number of, uh, a number of geographies, not least in US, the UK. And actually, the equity market valuations have been driven up by a combination of buybacks and growing dividends. That's unsustainable. There's not a lot of balance sheet at earnings cover for a lot of these corporates that have become effectively proxy bonds. I think you're looking for progressive earnings growth and lower down the market capitalization scale. A lot of the top end of the equity market looks fully priced at this stage in the cycle. I'd be looking for growth further down the capitalization scale.